languages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM well, Experience. Here we are again, Mortgage Stew episode nine. Hello, Martin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We're ticking these off at a rate of knots, aren't we? And we've also got our little uh, original guest from a couple of weeks back. We've got Seb Ryman back in. Oh, yeah, fresh from the demand. FCA. They, they released from the FCA. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Seb? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me again. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Look, what we're going to do today, um, Seb, is something that we did a, a few weeks back, which, which, which is quite successful, I think. And we asked a lot of people to ask, uh, send in some questions from uh, from Twitter, from other brokers. Um, so we've got we've got nine or ten questions here, and I think we're just going to fly through these straight away, and we'll yep. answer them as we go along, if that's okay with you. So first question is from uh, Jane King, and her Twitter uh, hashtag is at Ashridge. PF, I think that is. Uh, her question is, when are lenders going to be stopped from limiting their distribution to a few networks and give the DAs a level playing field? Controversial, I like it. Seb, what are your thoughts on that? I'd, I'd like to think we could all access the same products, but in reality, that's not the case. Um, it should be. It should be. I mean, you're, you're part of a network, aren't you, Stuart, yes, from memory? Yeah. So you, you, I'm directly authorised, Seb's directly authorised. And there is an uneven playing field with, with this product yeah. distribution, isn't there, where you can maybe get some exclusives or, um, you know, you can get paid more and all that kind of thing. And I, and sometimes the new lenders that come to market will only enter via a large national network. Well, well the weird thing is with it, I think, as well, is that being part of an AR network isn't a guarantee to getting all the best deals either in that respect. Because sometimes... You probably spotted it from when certain lenders launch within the industry press. There are sometimes individual brokerages that get given things before anybody else. Some large national. Before yeah. even the ARs get it. Mm. So you've got multi-layered input. And I think although there is justification on a certain level when you've got lenders testing the water about how much business can they cope with, once they've done that test the water exercise, which normally is undercover in a lot of instances, you don't tend to find out about it until it's mm. happened, then it should be full-blown. If you come in the market, you get on with it, you open the doors. Uh, that, that's my attitude. Now, I think, you know, we, we we tick all the boxes to be independent whole of market brokers and, and we try to do that and then the industry stops us. And I, I'd like, you know, if we just do one mortgage with one lender a year, we should be allowed to do that if that's the right thing for that particular client. So mm. I think that's a debate that we need to keep at the forefront of this industry and help help improve it. Definitely. The, the volume uh, controls could be done by the rates themselves rather mm-hmm. than Absolutely. limiting... And criteria. Distribution, yeah, criteria, yeah. yes. Yeah, because it's, it, otherwise it's creating an unlevel playing field from day one, isn't it? Good. And Good question, scenario. Jane. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, next question then. It's coming from Gareth Davies um, from down the South Coast, like myself. He is at GazD83 on Twitter. And his question... This time is, when are we going to get BDMs, that's business development managers, if anybody doesn't know, that actually have some power when appealing ridiculous underwriting decisions? BDMs. I like BDMs. I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of them. I think we need more of them. Um, that was one of the one of the things that was cool, wasn't it? In the in the credit crunch, they they re, they, they withdrew a lot of the the um, uh, the sort of the physical BDMs. It all went virtual and, and telephone based, and I think that was to the detriment of the industry and the client as oh, a whole. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, I mean, we as brokers. I think we are the first line of underwriting for the industry. I think a lot of people miss that. Um, some of these lenders don't see what we have to do first off mm. with the client and also what we reject before it even gets anywhere near a lender. And I think the, the BDMs are a secondary line of underwriting. 
Um, and it would be good to give them some sort of mandate, I think, whereby they can they can sort of su- support and agree a case. Hmm. But directly. I think that's the thing. It was the old school method, wasn't it? If you had a BDM involved, then they had the power and the underwriting mandate to, to push forward. And I, th- I think as well that, that where some lenders, I think, have weakened the power of BDMs are even where they can't really have any sort of stroke when you get to situations like with valuation appeals, for example. No, yeah, they, then they just become uh, messengers of criteria. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's where the market has drifted, unfortunately, over a period of time, I think. Hmm. Definitely. They, they certainly added value um, in the past to me. The, uh, the big difference is that when they don't have a say, you're right, they are just reading a script, uh, although at times lenders do like to promote the criteria, the positive criteria changes, but not so much the negative ones. <laughs> so BDMs do still bring some value when trying to place new cases, certainly the quirky ones. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good question. Good question, Gareth. Uh, next one from Chris Barker at Gummo31. Uh, is it okay that networks keep the whole pipeline when an advisor leaves them? Also, should networks have the right to contact advisors' clients once they do leave? Interesting one. I think this is, again, this is this is this is a valid point. Um, I have an issue with the industry not allowing brokers freedom of movement, for the want of a better phrase. Um, if they've kept their nose clean and, from a regulatory point of view, they they have no issues. They should be allowed to move quickly and freely mm-hmm. between different types of authorization and, and different types of companies and ARs and networks that they work for rather than be restricted because I have seen a number of uh, contracts where um, uh, pipelines are taken off the broker in full if they leave. Which which seems overly restrictive. There is uh, potentially a liability from a broker when he does leave a network um, certainly when he writes insurances and and related uh, uh, even the advisory issues uh, potentially may, may leave some liability, but certainly to withhold the entire pipeline. Um, it's not withhold, it's, ju- it's, ju- it's effectively just taken. Mm. Um, and if that, I understand the argument about uh, indemnity on, on life policies, and yes, there is an, uh, an inherent risk, and uh, yeah, that there should be uh, an amount of money kept. This is this is a, a, procura- a non-lapsable procuration fee, and I've seen I've seen pipelines with thirty thousand pounds in them, and the, the clause in the contract says if you leave, doesn't matter when that business was submitted, if you leave, you say that you kiss that goodbye. I think that's a very restrictive covenant and I'm sure there'd be some lawyers out there thinking that that could probably be challenged in a court of law and I'm sure it could be. But I, I think, you know, we need to be grown up in the industry yeah. and people need to, you know, this is people's livelihoods so people should be able to move around freely. Again, if they've kept their nose clean, not done anything wrong, why should they be restricted from from changing their authorisation? Well, I, th- I think the trouble is otherwise it's becoming its kind of restrictive practices more than anything else then, isn't it? A- in terms absolutely. of the, it's, it's tying people down to absolutely. not giving them the any option sort of thing. It's always a There's no other walk of life where you would sign a contract. Somebody needs to be the industry bosman. Oh, indeed, yeah. It, it may cost more than that pipeline, though, to, <laughs> to bring that about. Some, yeah, yeah well, I'm sure we, we could crowdfund that court case. Anyway, thanks, Chris. Appreciate that question. Yeah, fantastic. Next up is Dan from Taunton. Uh, he's at WFS Mortgages on Twitter. And his question is in relation to the FCA's mortgage market study. Um, and it basically says, what was the actual purpose of the market study? And given the report, why has it taken so long? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very good question. I think, you know, we, 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 we can harangue the, the regulator, but, um, you know, they've got a difficult job, they're under-resourced, 
um, they regulate 55,000 firms. I think they came up with this report and thought it was going to be a little bit easier than they thought Mm -hmm. and then suddenly got into it and maybe there was, you know, they bit off more than they could could chew. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's kind of dragged on a little bit. Um, I've not fully read the report myself yet. I've seen the headlines in the newspapers. I'd like to have seen some more controversy come out of it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, this is only the interim report. There may be something a bit more meatier coming out at a later date. I'd, I'd suggest don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clinging, the I'm clinging to the people are sitting on the fence on on uh, yeah. the report. It's uh, it's think, trying to keep everyone happy more, more than uh, what, what, yeah. what, what I got from it. I did do a tweet on this, which proved quite popular. Is it, it proved to me that only the brokers know how to deliver good independent mortgage advice mm-hmm. in this industry, and I'm not too sure the regulator knows what that looks like. I don't know if the lenders know what that looks like, or the vested interests don't really know what that looks like. Only us as a broker at the coalface, day-to-day with these clients, really understand what it is to give good advice. I think the key thing is, though, is that all the other participants within the mortgage market rely solely on the FCA to give them the guidance in order to make the process as effective as possible. Mm. The problem comes is that if the FCA cannot decide themselves what the right outcomes are going to be, how can anybody within the industry meet those targets? Very valid point, Stu. And a good question. Next question from, I don't know who it's from, actually. It's from Mortgage Search Go, uh, but thank you for the question anyway. All these industry awards, the good and the great, get nominated for. You know the ones. Uh, When you suddenly get emails from people you've never heard of asking for a vote, are they fixed? Oh, very get, controversial. Get off, get off the fence there. Are they fixed? <laughs> Seb, are they fixed? Depends whether I get an invite. I keep tweeting <laughs> about uh, invites, but nobody's sending me any. I, so I've sat next to you in, uh, in a DJ, and you look like a bouncer, so that's why you don't get invited anywhere. That, that was the most famous uh, boy band ever, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Oh, no, well, your no. Stu was there, was it? Like yeah, a thorn between was, yeah. two bouncers. I'm not entirely sure myself. I, I wouldn't know enough to uh, uh, honestly give, give a comment on that. But, well, um, Stu and I have done... Uh, we've been on the voting panels for for some awards together, haven't we, yeah, Stu? And it is a years. very in-depth process. I mean, there is an awful lot of information that goes into that. Um, are, are they as, as, as clear? Well, I think a lot of awards, you could probably question the motivation from it. Um, my personal take on it is, to me, the job is way more important than an award. Um, and I just want to do a good job for people. And I don't necessarily need an accolade or a medal or a trophy for doing that, that's my personal take. Yeah, yeah, I think, and certainly the, the bits which aren't, and I think what doesn't help is that there are a multitude of different awards evenings for the mortgage industry, which doesn't help either, because that confuses matters for a lot of people. Um, but the actual, the, the, the judging process that's involved is very detailed, and I think that one of the biggest standouts for me, having been involved in the judging process, has been how much effort some companies put into yeah. their into their applications to be put forward for these for these awards and how little some other ones do and that gives you an indicator really of how seriously some of the firms take it and some don't in in all honesty i don't think many of my clients are too worried about the industry awards um which in turn doesn't make me overly concerned no, about them. No, no, although it's a good night yeah, out and i always come along to support them if i get an invite yeah and a free dinner brilliant good question Excellent. Uh, Next on to Corby Mac on Twitter. Thank you very much for your tweet and also your question. Um, Question is, why aren't we pushing to have more digital interaction with clients? What's wrong with using FaceTime and Skype for fact finds and digital meetings? 
Ooh, I've tried that one before. Cl clients don't seem to enjoy Skype uh, calls as much. Uh, the interaction isn't the same as a face-to-face -face meeting, mm -hmm. although in principle you'd like to think it is uh, uh, very similar. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, it's like, it's like the, trying to get the Eurovision votes in back in the 70s. There was always a technical glitch somewhere and you'd drop the signal and it'd always, you know, they'd be answering a question that you'd asked 10 minutes before. Or not. Yeah, I get that. And it, mm. I think the conversation about mortgages needs to be more fluid. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether they just jump away from the camera when, when they want to have a conversation themselves, but it's it's harder to engage I, with them. I, I think um, as well, you've got that situation where people are going to be more self-conscious about their surroundings at home if they're on camera, in terms of the... I don't know, really. It's quite weird, isn't it? But it's, it's almost... It's a bit like we, we've spoken about it before. The, the BBC interview that was on the news about yeah. a year ago with the guy who was doing the interview and suddenly his kid comes in on and the, the nanny, walker yeah. and the nanny comes in and drags the kids out. It's that sort of scenario where if you're in physically in somebody else's home and you're doing that face-to-face -face meeting, like you say, it's a different perspective because the body language is different as well. And I think partly what we do as advisors is that when we're with somebody face-to-face, -face, we get a handle very quickly as to their reaction to certain things when they're discussed. And I think that's the part which might be a bit disconnected Yes, and also, the, I don't know what the, the actual figure is, but something like 90% uh, of communication is non-verbal, you know, and you're going to struggle to get that, I think, sometimes through, through I th screen. I think clients prefer it as well. Mm. In this day and age where everything is being pushed towards digitalization and doing things over the phone, they do like to converse with someone at mm. times and, and uh, discuss things and, you know, try, try and explore different avenues at yeah, times. Yeah, I think te technology is there to help with the heavy lifting um, and uh, it, we need the human beings to do all the thinking, in but, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think as well where a lot of the market is definitely at the moment, all the investment from different sources is going into the digital approach. I think that's going to miss the trick a little bit because I think general public's perception, I think, is going slightly 50-50 the opposite way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Totally. Right. Good question. Uh, next question is from our friend up in uh, Yorkshire, Adam Hosker. Did you hear something? Oh, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Okay. Interesting, interesting yeah. questions come up. Uh, Adam's asked, uh, uh, this is off the back of the, uh, the interim report from last week. Does the regulator want the consumer to go direct to the bank? Quite conflicting uh, evidence of late. I think we, we spent the last couple of years uh, being told that um, execution only or, or direct business wasn't the right type of business. Um, the report recently um, released kind of suggested the opposite, as mm. Adam uh, alluded to there, that robo-advice is trying to make that form of business or transaction more acceptable again. Um, personally, um, I, I don't think lenders want to transact directly. Um, they don't have an appetite for giving the advice or being responsible for the mm. advice. I don't think they can give the advice. And uh, but There was a, an article in the paper about someone that was let down by their lender and they'd, went, they'd gone direct to the lender and misadvised. I don't think, they ca again, it's the independent holder market broker that knows how to give Good well, advice. I think the trouble is, is that there's been this seismic shift already, physical shift, where lenders have basically gone from having so many qualified advisors in their branches to, in the fallout from MMR, reduced them right down to the bare minimum where they only have one roaming advisor which covers a geographical area. So you get scenarios, and I've seen it, where clients have gone directly to their lender or tried to, and they've had to wait three weeks for an appointment at a different town in order to see somebody in a branch, whereas... 
old school days, you would have had several people you could have just seen straight off the street. So I think it's going to be a long reversal yeah. if, if they do manage to try and do it, to be honest. We've probably got time for one more, Stuart. Yeah, this is from uh, Briggsy. Ah, James so, Briggs James from Briggs. Uh, Precise Mortgages. Yep, so it's at Briggsy underscore one. Um, always curious to hear thoughts on what you feel makes a valuable or effective leader represent lender representative, not lead representative, <laughs> lender representative, what sort of traits and behaviours are useful? Let me start in there. He's put in brackets, PS, not compliment fishing. He is. He is compliment fishing. He's asking but, for a compliment. I, I think so. That man, yes. he, he is the most needy BDM out there. He's always ringing me up, asking me if he thinks he's better looking than Jamie Pritchard. Um, what what makes a good BDM? One that returns calls. It yeah. sounds, <laughs> sounds simple, but there are plenty out there who don't. And, and yes. uh, I think the the own product knowledge, um, you'd like to think it's there anyway, but it seems to very often be lacking. Um, but whilst they uh, could do with more authority or power, um, the basics have to be in place. I think the thing is that the frustrating words for me, in it, if it comes up in a discussion with a BDM, is that we'll take a look at it. The mm. term, we'll take a look at it. That basically is the equivalent of a politician saying, I'll be very clear, or I have been very clear. It's completely opposite because sometimes with it can mean anything. Some lenders, for example, get to the underwriter and the underwriter will look at it and say, actually, no, we're not going to do it at all. Yeah, and you also want someone that's going to roll their sleeves up when it goes wrong. Yes, exactly. That's really Just to that's fight a valuable uh, asset. So I think, in essence, the what makes a good a good leader and a good lender representative is... Uh, is you, Briggsy? Well done, mate. Uh, yeah, final final thing as well, to be honest, um, just a general point, a lot of brokers don't enjoy receiving the I'm off on holiday emails from BDMs. That is one particular thing that does get to brokers for some reason. But um, yeah, just to bear that in mind, BDMs. If, if they have somebody else in place, you will vote for them, though, Stu, won't you, at the next, <laughs> next uh, award ceremony? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Brilliant. Well, I think that's the end of that. Uh, episode 9. Thanks, Seb, for helping out with those questions. Thank you Good for to having see you me. Again. Much appreciated for um, Yep, so that re- uh, uh, next time we'll, we've been double figures next time we meet. Well, is that in episodes or listeners? Uh, that's in uh, probably both. Maybe if we, if we can get if we can get ten listeners by well, our tenth episode. Now, we? Seb's an yeah. additional now. So. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Appreciate that. Fantastic. You can, of course, still send in your questions to us uh, through our Twitter feed, which is at the LM Experience, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks Until for listening. Time. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. Mm